My name is Keelan Murray. I'm the Communications and Publishing Manager with CREATE. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome the next panel to the stage. Thank you, Maidy. Thank you. Um, I'm delighted to welcome the next panel. The Critical Friends Collective, established in 2019, is a network of professional practitioners with socially engaged, participatory and collaborative practices who have each graduated at a master's level. The Critical Friends are currently engaged in a library and archive-based residency with CREATE. Uh, that's a bit of a sneak peek for you. It hasn't been announced on our website yet, so you get all the insights when you come to the networking event. Uh, the panel today will discuss networks of support for emerging collaborative, socially engaged artists. Um, in CREATE, we feel this is a really key element of practice. Um, it's incumbent upon everyone in the ecosystem to identify what supports they might need and indeed what supports they can offer. That's obviously a very important part of our, our practice. Um, following this session, we're going to have a short comfort break uh, before the film screening this afternoon. I'm going to hand over to Alicia Doody, who is the co-founder co of Critical Friends. Alicia is an artist educator based in Dublin and the Northwest. Alicia is a visual artist with a socially engaged practice that focuses on histories, identity and mentorship within the LGBTQ community. So, Alicia, thanks. Thanks very much. Can everyone hear me okay? I can kind of hear myself, so I'm assuming you can. Um, thank you so much, Keelan, for the introduction. Um, before I go on and introduce um, the rest of the panel, I thought it would be really important to give some context for how Critical Friends was founded, what it is that we do, and how we came to take on the residency in, in CREATE. But before I do that, I would just like to say a massive, massive thank you um, to the entire team at CREATE for their support since we initiated in 2019. Um, and thank you for the invitation to be here as well. Um, so yes, 2019, um, a very uh, fresh group of postgraduates who had bonded over two years of um, social engaged theory and education um, were, I, I don't want to say floundering, but we were nervous about what our futures looked like, particularly without the institutional support that we had gotten so accustomed to. And so um, we had had many discussions prior to our graduation about um, developing something together that would allow us to continue the critical chats that were formative to our understanding of our practices. And I was reflecting on this yesterday when I was listening to Pablo Elguera and also today in all of the conversations and insights into the Cre uh, Creative Places program about how important it is that we're exposed to um, experiences beyond our own particularly within our practices, because I think for me, I came from an undergrad that was very focused within the histories of photography and film. And in my master's, I suddenly was sitting with people that had a history of theater, had a histories of illustration, and their insights afforded me an opportunity to better understand what it was that I was doing as well. And that was partly, in, in fact, that was really what pushed us to form Critical Friends, because we thought, you know what, that is a conversation and an opportunity that we want to share with other people and we want to keep that going. So yeah, in 2019 we continued to have those conversations with each other and we invited some of our um, lecturers into that conversation of what could we do if we continue to do this outside the institution. Alva was a great support at the time, she met with us a number of times and was very encouraging to keep us going. And right when we started our pilot research, COVID hit. Um, <laughs> And we thought, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And we moved very quickly into the Zoom space. And it was huge for us because not only did it allow us to expand our um, network really quickly, um, but it also highlighted to us the need to 
reach out to artists, uh, particularly emerging artists that were working in isolation across um, Ireland. So um, I think that's enough context, uh, barring, I suppose, the residency, which at the moment we're engaging with uh, in Create. So our sessions look a little bit like support groups. <laughs> we invite an artist um, who is experiencing a kind of criti critical question, um, be that in development of a project or in initiating community conversations or whatever it might be, um, to just work with us a little bit and we meet with them a few times and then invite them into a space where they can have that conversation within a wider community of peers. But we also invite professional practitioners into that conversation as well um, with a view to them developing potential mentorships in the future or be a collaborators as well. Um, uh, fundamentally, there's also an element of uh, theoretical kind of practice and we um, always found it really useful to, to bring in some key texts that were uh, in the field, very contemporary texts that help situate those artists within their kind of wider network as well. So that's why the Create Residency is so important to us because it's given us access to their huge library which is, yeah, I mean it's very difficult to get those texts, particularly if you don't have a budget. So we're very appreciative of that and um, I suppose our way of supporting Create because of that support that they're offering us is to help with the archiving side of their um, library. So what I'll do is I'm going to introduce Jackie, Tom and um, Kate and they're each going to talk about their experience with Critical Friends um, and then I guess we'll just see where the conversation goes like we do usually in our sessions. So I shouldn't have closed this notebook actually. I need to get these bios right. Um, <clears throat> so Jackie, Jackie McGrath is a socially engaged visual artist. Um, she's also a graduate, a graduate of MA Space um, in Limerick. Her work is about our physical and spiritual embodiment within nature. Through her practice, one encounters environmental issues which she documents along with human and environmental interactions at sea. Through photography, drawing, film and podcasts, she explores embodiment in nature and our oceans. Thank you for joining us, Jackie. Um, then we have Tom. Um, and Tom is also one of the um, original co-founders of Critical Friends and I should say that Jackie is now part of our strategic team as well. But Tom is an illustrator, community artist, writer and educator. Um, working within the fields of development education and social arts practice. Trained as an adult educator, youth practitioner and a local and global advocate leader for sustainable development goals, Tom's work primarily deals with themes of overconsumption, the environment and educational injustice. Tom strives to create digital and physical experiences that enlighten individuals to be socially aware. And last but not least, and everyone I think will know Kate O'Shea, and if you don't, you will, because um, she's amazing. Uh, Kate O'Shea is an artist working across printmaking, large-scale installation, performance, and publishing. Kate recently finished her two-year Just City residency, How Much Is Enough, in Common Ground in Dublin 8, and she herself um, developed an amazing um, project within that called Networks of Solidarity, so she may mention that as well. Tom, if I could start with you, would yeah. you um, like to share a little bit of your experience of being with um, Critical Friends? Yeah, cool. Thanks, Ali. Um, yeah, lovely to be here, which is, and being in a tiered system, which is interesting. But, um, <coughs> I'm also a bit nervous, so, you know. But uh, yeah, my experience with uh, Critical Friends began in 2019 with Alicia, and um, uh, we, we, all, we all interpersonally connected, as she said, through our um, creative uh, outlets. Um, 
and that was a transform, transform, transformative process we all went through. Um, but my understanding is that we are critically trying to understand the artist's process in twofold. So it's where the journey, where their process exists, and how their journey transforms, and and, um, and we are there to provide a conversation through that lens. I'm also the visual artist of the team, um, and so my explanation of us is very quite small because uh, um, unless I'm prompted and then I might say something a bit mad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do that a lot, I might, uh, especially in, in yeah, this situation. So I also envision our, like, so I always look to the future. So I always try to, our vision, our structure be, uh, becoming involved in a wider context um, in larger organizations and schools and other institutes uh, and try to probably um, dance around that area as well. Um, do I talk, talk about my, so, so during 2019, I was also doing a research, um, um, and that's where I was the first person to do a crit, wasn't I? Um, I was indeed. Uh, and that was in the same year um, the Critical Friends began. Uh, so I just, I'll just give you a bit of context into my research. So I'm going to read off my phone here. Um, so the title of my master's research was uh, A Descending Voice Amongst the Descending Voices. It was Engaging the Disengaged. Um, it was the complementary convergence of development education and socially engaged art. Um, and that fieldwork was located in, it was a practice-based master's, but was, the first part of the segment was located in Crumlin Newreach. So the research aimed to present a creative comprehension and empirical accounts of how disengaged and disadvantaged young adults in education respond to the amalgamation of development education and social art practice. Um, the study is primi primarily concerned with examining the, the experiential conditions of the young adults' institutional relationships within formal and informal contexts like a, um, traditional education in Ireland um, by an analysing the role of perspective, value and awareness within their learning and social cycle. Um, then engagement strategies within the field prompted the participants to critically think, problem solve and experiment uh, interpersonally and interpersonally connect and creatively enact for the betterment of their social and human relations. A discussion analysis of the participants' experience, opinions and behaviours and attitudes has identified, we identified a number of injustices in the contemporary education um, and I used that to uh, make a, a mobile um, learning tool um, out of um, out of a blackboard panel that was used through that uh, fieldwork research um, and that, I, I, I don't have any visuals for you but um, uh, Lee, uh, you've seen it and you, uh, Kate's seen it and she was uh, very impressed so <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that was, um, so yeah, I, I used illustration, graphic art and sculpture to design that uh, educational mobile and I, I called it systems. Um, so then I kind of made this, the, the process grow um, outside of that. But uh, my target audience was initially for um, young adults, but uh, I kind of moved away from that. One of my mentors from uh, development perspectives, Bobby McCormick, he reckoned that uh, to get a larger number of people involved, you should target uh, art educators. Um, but there's a number of influences into that research, and I should mention them because uh, one of them I've done a podcast with, which I'll, I'll end the conversation explaining. But uh, Pablo Aguera, he was a brilliant uh, influencer with education of socially engaged art, and Suzanne, Suzanne Lacey, and Mappin de Terran, and Arrestless Art, Francis, Francois Matarato, which is, I've done a podcast with him. Um, will I keep going on? Yeah. 
Well, Tom, I, I suppose it would be really useful if you could talk a little bit about how you framed your session with Critical Friends, actually. Yeah. So, you know, our sessions usually look like um, artists pr present, uh, you know, the dreaded crit, but it's not really. Yeah. Um, an artist presents their practice and their questions and then is followed up with a little bit of an examination of a piece of theory and how that relates and a, a peer conversation. But you took a very different approach, actually. Yeah. Well, I was also, yeah, so the first one was on Zoom. So I, I never envisioned this project because it, it was funded by Crail of Ireland. So I never envisioned this project being um, on Zoom. So it was very, it was a, it was, it was a challenge, obviously. Um, what's the, what was, yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, so Evgeny Starr and Brian Hand were the, my two people that were giving me critical feedback on the system's identity. Um, and the conversation was very useful and the reflection we felt well, uh, from the two professionals offered great support um, in the roles. And um, But I, I, I felt during the session that um, you need to have human connection to actually understand what I'm trying to uh, Target in a journey. Um, we use breakout rooms um, in the in this and use my system's uh, mobile learning tool to generate a visual story and their understanding. Um, and then I also use Arrestless Art from Francois Mazzarato, uh, a segment of that um, book, um, to talk about uh, <coughs> their understanding of my text and systems and how it's connected. Um, and uh, I think the motivations of systems wasn't really, um, obviously, again, uh, I was trying to work with marginalized uh, stu students that were working with art educators. So um, I think a lot of the times when you're on an online base, uh, I don't know if uh, the, the process went as well as, as it could have been. But it's probably a good time to say that Tom was never a big fan of Zoom. Yeah, in all of the I two always, years that yeah. we've been running our sessions fairly regularly, Tom was always in the background going, we should be in person. Yeah. Um, we're actually currently engaging in a hybrid session format through the Create Library, where we um, we have a group that sit in the library, but we also are um, we're live on Zoom uh, for those um, artists that actually can't be in Dublin with us. So yeah. we are trying to keep our community engaged. Tom, if you wouldn't mind, I'd just keep an eye on the time and I'd oh, love yeah. to get Jackie to talk about her experience as I'm well. I'm just going to talk about the podcast uh, with Francois Mazzarato and then where the project is now and that'll be one, one or two more minutes because I'm nearly done. He's so in, He's in person now, yeah. so we can't get him to stop talking. Yeah, so the virtual workshop or the, the the process is now at this stage, so the, it went into a virtual work, workshop over the pandemic. Um, I was engaging with art educators that worked with marginalised youth, um, um, marginalised youths in Irish communities, and I used development education and socially engaged art practice to um, explore cultural issues, environmental struggle, struggles, and contextual, uh, contextual and conditional barriers in their communities, um, and the participants then would produce um, an aspect of public engagement, which is in the form of a podcast with Francois Mazzarato. Um, so that took, um, the conversation was featured um, perspectives on participatory art, marginalised uh, people in education society, because that's where his uh, process sits, um, and socially and economic issues in Western society, and how art plays a key role, educators play a key role there. And then we talked about Arrestless Art and then the connection of the systems uh, project. Um, yeah, and then I I'm going through your notes because I'm going to cut you off right there. Oh, no, yeah, we're going to finish <laughs> off. Yeah, don't. No, no, I'm going to cut you off right there. We're going to go to Jack. <laughs> this happens. This happens frequently. So welcome to the madness. <laughs> Tom, Tom, thank you so, thank you so much. <laughs>
I didn't get to sing a song. You would never know this boy didn't want to do this, and he was really nervous. <laughs> um, anyway, my name is Jackie McGrath, and um, I came out of, um, I did a, a degree in Limerick School of Art and Design, and then I went on and did my MA in Social Practice and the Creative Environment. So I um, were, wanted to work with communities um, in a social context, and I came out in the middle of a pandemic in 2020 and went, what the fuck do I know now? Um, I have, um, in the west coast of Ireland, in a very isolated spot, um, I am the only artist in my family. So I saw um, cri critical friends on um, Instagram. So I emailed, um, just to make a long story short, and I emailed um, Alicia and, she set up a meeting and we had a great chat. And so I said I'd do my presentation on my MA, um, which was all, because I'm a scuba diver as well, so it's all about the ocean and embodiment in the ocean. And so I gave my presentation and I must say, it was amazing, I got great feedback. It was great, um, great critical support. Um, because I was floundering, because I was after coming out of college and I didn't know where I was gonna go or what I was gonna do, um, it was great to have peers that were artists as well, and to have educators. Um, my experience was great, because I remember I was very nervous, because it was like being in college again, getting a critique and going, Jesus, but um, everyone was very kind. Um, it's a very inclusive, um, and it's a real community of care. I, I, they invited, the lads invited me on, because I came back and back to it, because I found it very interesting, and I learned from everybody else's um, work. And, you know, you take, take something from everyone. So the lads invited me to um, take part. So it's great for me now to attend meetings and see other artists coming along and they're so nervous and they don't know what to expect and where to go and to be able to help them. So I think Critical Friends has given me back a lot so I can give back to the community again. Um, so yeah, um, then Fiona Woods was my, um, was the artist that was on the night that I did it, um, and she's an educator and artist herself, and I'm a huge fan of her work. So now I'm hoping to do a PhD in January, and she's going to be my supervisor. So um, yeah, so that was, you know, so a lot has come out of it. So you know, I, I, I think networks like Critical Friends are great when you come out of college, and you know, you, you don't know where you're going to go and what you're going to do, and and you go, and and it's very. It's, you know, there's only a few on and it's, it's very relaxed and very chill, just like this, like having a chat and you're getting feedback and you're getting critique and yeah, and even, you know, the text and, and the academic side of it was great as well. So yeah, so it's all, so it's all good. So I think more supports like these are needed. Well, thanks, Jackie. So there's an email address, I'll send it out to everyone and you can get in touch. Um, but I think, I think what's really important there out of both what Tom and Jackie has said is, um, that it wasn't only the session and the support that it provided for them at the time, but it was also the, the, the development of the relationships within that. Tom was really fortunate enough to be able to um, reach out to Francois Matarasso and develop a podcast that was published, and Jackie developed her relationship with um, the person who was providing support to her, um, so much so that she's now able to move on and, and have them as her supervisor for her PhD. Um, Kate, you've joined us as actual professional support for some of our sessions, and you've brought artists to us who have actually participated in sessions. So I wonder if maybe you could reflect on your experience from the professional side of interacting with us and maybe talk about why you thought it was a good space to bring that particular artist to as well. 
Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, I guess when I think when I first heard about what you were doing, it just really like spoke to my heart. I was like, oh my God, this is so important. And I think um, I think it's all, all always good to kind of for me to come back to the heart and like what we need and why we do what we do. And um, and I think the um, there is. I guess when I'm thinking of networks of support and networks of solidarity, I'm thinking them across, I guess we're all, a lot of us in this room are connected in lots of different ways and Critical Friends is a brilliant example um, of, of kind of like, there's like the spaces that come into being because there's a clear, there's a clear gap. I think people were talking about gaps earlier in terms of creative places and, 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 and what comes into being and, it, and, it's, and it's not that these now need to come into being and then we ignore like what's missing structurally or systemically, but that we actually acknowledge that, oh, there's a reason that, why is it that there's such a big dropout after, after say, our college or, or lots of different courses? And for me to see, um, I guess I've, I exist because of networks of solidarity and support that, that have grown over, over many, many years. Um, and for, for it, to kind of, I guess, to see it, you realise that so quickly. I was like, that is is brilliant because out in the field, it's something that that we all, we we we, you know, you come you come into, yeah, you, you have the like I, I talk about socially engaged art heartbreak <laughs> a lot, and um and what what happens in those those moments where you are you there's so I think actually Alva Murphy who who would have I guess trail the blaze for, or I don't even know how to say that phrase, blaze the trail for um, artists like us um, in Ireland. Um, there's this, she would say that there's, there's this kind of myth because you're like, and I guess this is like with lots of things, like I work across community development and socially engaged art work. And um, there's a myth that because you're surrounded by loads of people that you're, you're, you're not isolated. It's a very, but it can be a very, very isolating thing that you're with, with any of the working stuff that you're, you can find yourself at the end of the day, you're left with your own head. <laughs> and, and it is in the sharing of the difficulties and the heartbreak and the, and, and what it's about for you. So for me, now I can say, oh, it's about friendship, it's about love, it's about full revolution, <laughs> it's, about, it's about all these things, but it takes a long time to get that confidence. And I guess when, the reason I was like, absolutely, I'll come in and I can't, and it was, um, you paired me up with an art, and just that you, you treated it always very, very professionally. You know, you paired someone up with an artist and it made sense, and then they presented and then we gave feedback. And then it's also, I guess what peer support and networks of solidarity are so important because they are, at the end of the day, they are challenging such systemic competition within the field, like across funding and across college. And, and obviously when you're in the neoliberal education system, it is very individualized. So I think for you to actually acknowledge and be like, we are really actually in this together. And if we don't support each other, and if we don't share the knowledge, and if we don't share the heartbreak, we, um, yeah, we're not going to get very far. And I know we're talking specifically about critical friends here, but in terms of the networks of solidarity that I, that I see, and we connect into cross community development and activism, and both internationally and nationally and locally, it's all the same kind of threads of actually and it was picked up on a lot over the last couple of days, which was very nourishing for my soul, <laughs> was this idea of like time and really, and uh, what, how do we actually 
deeply, not just in language, but in practice, allow that kind of experimental, long durational work to happen. And, and kind of if we are creating another world and another way of being, we have to enact that in how we treat and care for each other in the relationships, which I think you, you know, it's that safe space that is, is, is important across all of it. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, you're, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm flashing back through all of the sessions that we've had and I've, and there is always an element of kind of counselling as well in that kind of really supportive way. And um, I distinctly remember the discussion around crits during the master's programme and everyone with a visual arts background cringed when they heard that we were going to have crits because our idea of them was so negative, or our experience of them had been so negative. And there was one person in the room that came from theatre and she was like, what are you talking about? Like she had no, no sense of what that, that feeling was that we had, that, that kind of anticipation of being told the things that maybe you didn't want to hear. And I think they're really important <clears throat> things to, to share. Like I'm a very proud dropout of architecture college <laughs> and the, the dreaded crit is a real, like you'll meet people years later like they'll be in their 50s and, and it'll be like this real moment of solidarity that you went through architecture college you, got, <laughs> you actually did it you know and it's like again that's like that 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 kind of taking down of people mm -hmm. or treating people as if it's almost that kind of systemic thing of which often happens in a lot of things it's like well we went through it we you know we yeah, were slated yeah, yeah. so now we're gonna you know and i think what you're doing is creating an, an alternative actually no if we support each other we can all get somewhere as opposed to like the just just drive on by yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of thinking about um, how long we have left in the session and I wonder, you know, we're so used to having other people engage with us in conversation. If there are any people in the room that might like to um, tell us about any networks that they found themselves, uh, uh, they, they kind of found themselves in that became that lifeline or that support to them at the time when they, they kind of really needed it. I have more questions for the people on stage, but I, I'd actually be really interested to hear from people in the room and, and maybe if there's anything else that you might like us to talk about as well. I'm doing this thing where I can't. Anyone want to raise their hands and I'll come up to you with the mic? Are you all shy? The hair was shy. You see on Zoom, you can't hide as much as this. You see, got growing you we here. can't see it. at the Creative Places Gym team. I hope you don't mind if I ask a question rather than make a comment. Um, I'm just really interested in, like you were saying, that Critical Friends is growing. Um, so I guess this is a question of how do you, have you any plans for future proofing of how you maintain solidarity as you scale up into larger um, and larger networks? Whoa. It is actually something yeah. we have been talking about. We've just so. been talking about it the last couple of days because we were saying, you know, I mean, there's some master's programs being closed down now and, and you know, it's, it's smaller communities. So maybe that we could open up for people that have just left college, you know, just a, a graduate and undergraduate. Um, positions and not just masters. So Critical Friends yeah. always, you know, our byline for, for when we began was a peer support network for postgraduates with participatory, collaborative and social engaged practices. And that has very firm edges. <laughs> and the reality is there isn't actually a master's program running in, in Ireland this year because we were the final graduates from our master's program. It hasn't, it hasn't found its new iteration yet. And MA Space isn't running this year in Limerick either. So, you know, we've got to kind of consider what's happening in the field of education and where we've situated ourselves. 
um, and then also, you know, where is social engaged art education and what is happening to that kind of, um, I suppose, is it being taught in undergrad? Do we now need to consider that there are undergraduates that are moving towards this? You have Studio Plus and NCAD, um, which is that optional year for students to engage in kind of community um, practice. So, you know, I suppose it's not directly answering your question, Grania, because we're talking about it, we're getting smaller, not we're growing. <laughs> um, but I suppose you never know who's going to be at a session when you come into um, a Critical Friends. We keep a mailing list. We have a very small social media profile and we have a very niche kind of field as well in Ireland. People find us when they need to find us and, and people stick around when they're, they're benefiting from it. And so it, I don't think the group sizes have changed in a huge amount, but a lot of people have passed through the doors as well, if that makes sense. So I'm definitely going to pick your brain about future proofing. <laughs> um, thank you so much for the question, because that is food for thought. <laughs> There's also like a lot of people that want to dip their toes into our space as well, socially engaged art and NGOs. Are constant, people I've experienced of like, what is socially engaged art? I've been in interviews and they like, with NGOs and they're like, what is socially engaged art practice? I want, we don't understand it. We want to yeah. be a part of that area and we want to be a part of that world, but we don't understand it. And we also have, they might have people in their organizations that do social art practice in, certain, in some certain way, but they can't define it because they don't know what it is, which is a problem as well, isn't it? Well, I, I, do you know what uh, maybe is an interesting thing to put back to the panel is the idea of language and how we understand what we do because um, I think that there are, like I said, undergraduates who are very interested in social engaged practice that maybe aren't being afforded the time to engage with the, the language of what it is that we do. Um, and P Pablo yesterday w um, quoted some key texts which um, I, you know, I couldn't have not been familiar with because of the time that I got to spend in the master's programme. And I was just thinking, are we losing something by not having time for artists to, to engage with that kind of history and, and to understand their roots? Um, but Tom, you, you, I mean, you call yourself a writer. Kate, I asked you earlier if you'd call yourself a writer. Um, there's an element of writing in social engaged arts practice. I know a lot of artists that kind of engage with it to try and kind of come around an understanding of what it is that we do. So I suppose, um, the question isn't too clear, but I mean, maybe you might talk, Kate, about the role of theory, maybe, or academia. I don't really like to, to use academia because I think that's putting a frame on it that I don't mean, but do you know what I mean? Like, you've, you've worked a lot with writers and you have a publishing company and you, um, yeah, you, I, I think you um, find it important to talk about and write about what we do, so maybe you could reflect on that. Yeah, I think um, I'm probably the only person who's a publishing house that's really bad at reading books. <laughs> I just print them. Um, but it's always, and that's actually, um, the, I, I actually find that the, um, the you know, because you, you'll always end up in the same debates over the years, you know, theory versus practice. And, and, and the answer is always, you know, there's like, it's an ecosystem that all the things are needed. Um, but I think especially in terms of, I guess, my interest in archiving and working so much in archives was kind of, I guess, getting a deeper understanding when I was really researching the community arts movement of the 70s and 80s, both here and in the UK, and just seeing that, um, that, that because the work, because there isn't inbuilt time or infrastructures um, for 
archiving and reflection and all that, which which um, is what's so brilliant about like seeing what's happening in creative places too, in terms of the time that's being afforded to artists here, um, and like any of us that that uh, that have gotten that um, time, um, and if we we you know. If the, the the archives have to come from below, and we have to we have to write, and we have to to write the history, and it's not to take again. It's also there's a there's um, a need for the institutions and the organisations and everything to also then understand and situate the practice within that. But we also, I think, have a responsibility for ourselves to um, really actually because it's also, I guess, my interest in social movements always was was. Well, and archiving them and archiving um, grassroots struggles was because it's, we come up against the same stuff time and time and time again, um, and the same issues of systemic burnout and, and all these things. And if we don't, it is it is I think helpful within to in 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 order to keep going if you understand where we've come from and the history of like oh the like social practice in the in in the states and then social engaged art here and and the the rich histories over the years and that there's people 50 years ago doing exactly and probably having the same uh, <laughs> not that dissimilar chats and kind of that you're yeah I guess the not reinventing the wheel so um and I guess the the publishing and the print and the archiving and it's also a very empowering way of thinking about okay how do we really like from start to finish begin to understand what it means to hold the means of production and I guess empower grassroots collective making and organizing in all its ways from the bottom up um, and I think I always would have been actually Anne Lyons is here who was my first reading group in, in UIG and um, I was like still in college and I went and I never talked very little at any of the sessions but I w everyone was so nice to me and I didn't have the confidence to talk and it was like and now I'd say during lockdown we had about between all of our different groups between here and around the country we had about six reading groups <laughs> going on and I was like reading groups got us through and became how the networks and friendships grew and it's um yeah I think the actual theory and the text and the people have spent so many years figuring out these things and writing about them and it's like Nora spoke so well about like why she needs to publish the books she needs to publish and that has that absolute incredible drive to like get that into the schools and get that out there because it is it is so fragile like you're saying you're like oh we're we are now at a point where oh, we had these all these like drive and masters in socially engaged art in Ireland and now we're in a position where there isn't one running this year so then we are all we're oh we're by ourselves again figuring out our own peer-led support groups and stuff and and I'm just laughing at what you said about counselling because I think like every session does start with being like, okay, we just all need to acknowledge that we have crippling low self-esteem a lot of the time. And if we, if we just, and everyone's like, oh yeah, me too, me too. You Imposter know, syndrome. At a basic level, that's what it's all about. <laughs> no, I think that the reading group comment actually is such a good one to make because uh, when we started our first kind of pilot sessions and we were doing research, we joined the Create Reading Group actually. And that was where we started to meet a lot of people that attended our first sessions. And it just sort of... Like we were having break off reading groups like the Joe City reading group we ended up having a specific Rosa Luxemburg reading group which had three people in it. <laughs> you know? But I think there's something interesting in the idea of the reading group and if I'm near time Keelan you should definitely give me a shout. Am I good? Oh good keep going. Okay. Um, is the breadth of the content that is being read because obviously there is a, a pocket of social engaged art theory and texts but it's not just that. 
Um, we've started to realise through all of our sessions and in our work with um, Create and what we're doing with them in the library is that people are reading philosophy and they're reading environmental books and they're reading, like the field is huge. Um, Jackie, you actually, I mean, me and Jackie have been working with our next artist. We have a session on the 23rd of um, November um, with an artist that's interested in the environment and you actually were recommending text to her from, you, you're gonna have to explain that one a little bit more. Um, it's, it's The Rights of Nature um, by Roderick Nash. Um, yeah, it's a really, it's, it's, it's really interesting text and it's great to be able to recommend that to her because I think she'll really take a lot from that. But it's not, it wouldn't be tr uh, like of the social engaged art world? Oh no, not at all. Um, I don't know how I came across it actually, I don't even know where I saw it. I just, Amazon or one of them and um, just started reading it and realised that it was really in my genre, like it was what I was really interested in. So. Yeah, so you're learning all different different texts and different, because I recommended a lot of different books to her that weren't in the art world or in the art field. So hopefully she'll get some stuff out of that. Yeah. And I think also in terms of um, where the practice is, um, that it's really good, like I think it raised to like a lot of, connected to what Pablo was talking about yesterday, but that to make sure we do constantly engage with the criticality of it, you know, because I think, 12 years ago, the, uh, the publishing house that I have is called Dirty Books, and, and that came out of um, being told in fine art not to use the word community. Um, and then I was like, oh, that's the dirty word, community. But then 12 years on, it's actually, oh, we're now actually, it's like almost acceptable to be a socially engaged artist. <laughs> so, so we have to be, there's the, the potential for a lot of co-option um, within all that. So I think, I think um, reading, well, I just need other people to read and then disseminate the information into my, <laughs> into my head. Um, there were the two, um, the two stories that Pablo told yesterday, the Tumblr story and the, the Fox story. Apologies for not getting the entire titles of those. I was just a little bit too engaged with the visuals, I think. Um, but what I really took away from that was that although one was in the museum and one was a kind of curatorial thing, it was the ability to, to find a thread between the two of them. And what's really interesting in the Critical Friends sessions be the, the kind of diversity in the room of experience, but then also in the text that we're reading, it's allowing us to pick up on threads. Yeah, and I think, and I think the nuances, mm. do you know, a lot of the binary debates can be quite boring, like that have been going on for like 20 years, you know, and to actually like actually go that four layers deeper in mm. terms of the black or white and the thing, yeah. Okay, so we'll maybe put it back into the room if there's anyone else that... You're sick of hearing okay. us. Okay, Pablo. Thank uh -oh. you. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, first, I want to congratulate you guys for the work that you, you are doing. It's very inspiring, and it's wonderful to see that you have created this network of support. Um, in back in the U.S., uh, those of us who were uh, involved in the practice from the beginning started realizing that we needed to create networks of support, and that led to organizing conferences, kind of like this one, uh, back there in, in different cities. Uh, one of them was called Open Engagement that ran for around a decade until finally it just kind of ran out of um, funding to continue. And um, there's also the Creative Time Summit, which is a, uh, a conference that happens in various places, but mainly in New York. It's of politically engaged art. Um, and my question to you is, number one, what is really, what do you see as the ultimate outcome of your group? What are your, your hopes and dreams of what you wanna achieve in the future? 
and how can and I don't know, other organizations or funders can support those initiatives? How, what kind of help do you need? That is a great question and not at all scary like I thought it might be. <laughs> um, well, actually, I suppose fundamentally from the beginning, we've always reached out to different institutions to talk about what it is that we're doing. So, you know, I mentioned that we spoke with um, NCAD, which is where we were graduating from. Um, and at the time, because it was pre-COVID, they had actually said that they would provide us space to run our sessions. Um, also through CREATE, they've been a massive support to us. Um, and we are kind of inter-institutional, or at least we would have been if it weren't for the changes to the kind of educational framework. So we were kind of situating ourselves um, within and outside of educational institutions. So um, strategically, Jackie was situated in a different arts college to the one that we had um, graduated from. And so we're using our, our connections within the different kind of sectors where people were studying social engaged practice to, to reach out to the artists that were emerging into the field, but then also into the, the educational supports that were there. Um, and thankfully, I think, you know, creative really um, backed us. But truthfully, it's all been done off voluntary work, uh, just our, us wanting to keep it going. I think my dream, and I'll, I'll definitely pass this one over to you guys, my dream would be for um, those artists that have really found a home with us to take over and to keep it running and for it to, to, to keep finding support. Um, the hybridity of our sessions allows us a good amount of flexibility at the moment and we'll be with CREATE for a few months but after that we're you know potentially going back into our kitchens you know. Um, what do you think? What's your big hope and dream? I think for me, it, Zoom was great because I would never have been able to go to any of the meetings because um, they were all held in Dublin. So um, I know Tom doesn't like Zoom, but Zoom is great for me. <laughs> so I don't have to travel six or seven hours. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been fantastic for me. It, it helped me gain a lot of confidence and to go out and make work and get fundings. And so hopefully, um, from what I my part in, in this is to be able to do the same for somebody else and to um, get new people to come in, as you say, and, and, and join in and keep it going. And yeah, just to keep it going, keep helping people. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to aim a bit higher, so because that's what I like to do. But yeah, I, I envision us. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Definitely not a dig. You know, it's not a dig. But yeah, I, I see us hopefully having studio space pockets all over the country where we don't have to be in Zoom. We can just be in the room with people and have our own critical friend spaces and be able to run the show ourselves one day. Um, yeah, that's what I, 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 that's what we're going to drive towards regardless, I think. Um, yeah, for sure that was there in the conversations that we were having. Yeah, yeah, we no were. Digs. No, no, exactly, yeah. So I, you have to aim for that. And I think we're kind of on the pathway for that, but it's just unfortunate that there's disconnect with the education systems, I suppose, like there always is. <laughs> um, that's, I think, I think one of the most critical questions, um, and I think, I think all the, um, all the seeds and all the supports are actually, the examples of them are all here and all exist, and then I think they just need to be, these even more of them, <laughs> but then it also, my biggest concern would be about things getting cut um, down the line, and then I think there is, like there was, I think there was some very scary moments over the last couple of years with COVID of like, of being like very, very concerned about artists in the field, and the amount of, um, 
I think I think it was a real time for socially engaged art in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but I remember at um, at one point the pressure that was on everyone within, say, the Just City Collective that I was doing, that I was like, we we were became unable to support each other at that point. So then I put on, I had to, I set my sister up teaching yoga every week and then Ali and Karen from Go Dance for Change doing the dance classes because I was like we, I can't actually take the phone calls of people who are having like quite serious issues within the field so I think systemically and structurally there is so much being done that has to be absolutely amplified we can't hold it um, and I think things like even just the level of support say there's and it takes a lot of support and a lot of time to actually nurture humans <laughs> and I think like the example of like um, what's ha been happening over the last couple of years with like Jojo and Mighty here in Tume and then Jennifer spoke so well about and then even I me through the artists and community scheme getting all that like reflection time um, and similarly you, you being supported now and I think there's was key things that happened as well in the last couple of years with the with the Arts Council the Agility Award I think was a real like it was like a gateway <laughs> in for a lot of people that I was helping out getting funding um, and there's things like that that I just want them to to stay going and be even more um, pushed more and to, to really like listen and hear what people are talking about with when it comes to like things like time and like creative places tomb like and just on a personal level it's really exciting being from Kerry and seeing someone from Kerry present <laughs> about like, so, you know, I think yeah. the, uh, the creative places tune potential in the rural is kind of massive because in Ireland you grow up and you, you'll never be a priest in your own parish and um, you have to, you know, there's, this, there's these myths of you have, to, you have to go to London and New York, but it is all here and it's all here. So I think I'm just really excited about all the potential of what happens if those infrastructures seep out of the cities that were being pushed out of anyway. Um, and I think the revolution is rural. I think that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, I think that's a brilliant place to wrap up. I might actually just ask you, Alicia, how can people join Critical Friends should they want to or find out more? There's an Instagram um, and there's a Twitter, but you know, Twitter is dying anyway, so we might just leave that platform fairly soon. <laughs> but uh, you can also just send an email to criticalfriendsireland at gmail.com and you can join our mailing list and you can hear all about our sessions and you can come be with us in person or you can join via Zoom because we're doing the hybrid thing. Um, but yeah, massive thanks um, again to Create for having us. Thank you. All right, fantastic. Thank you all so much. Thanks so much to our panel, Tom, Jackie, Kate and Alicia for sharing with us and give us an insight into your work. It's really important and I love that very ambitious ending there. We'll, we'll send you off on that point. Um, I just want to pull on what Tom said there and was kind of a, a theme throughout of the importance of human connection. Obviously Zoom has helped us a lot in the last couple of years, but I just want to honour that we're all managed to be in the room together. So we're, we're embodying that in the last couple of days in Tume. So thank you all for joining us.